0: Welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange, our series of conversations with the artists, labels, and promoters shaping the electronic music landscape. My name's Mark Smith, and I'm the tech editor at Resident Advisor. This week's exchange is with Monica Cruiser. She's been active in dance music since the late 80s, and now ranks among Europe's best-known DJs. But while she's regularly found playing festival stages and cavernous warehouses, her first forays into dance music were very much DIY. Here she tells Matt Unicom about scouting abandoned spaces in Munich for throwing her own illegal parties, blowing her allowance on records at the tender age of 13, and the founding of No Historical Backspin, an organization promoting diversity and tolerance through dance music. As always, you can find our full archive of exchanges at residentadvisor.net and follow us on SoundCloud at ra-exchange. The exchange with Monica Cruiser is up next.
1: on your label
2: yeah right now it's just a compilation out with several artists mainly like artists from the family artists from my label which I release yeah frequently once a year and some new artists I always I'm looking for newcomers as well that was one my main aim why I started to make a label to support artists to give them a platform and uh, so they can release their stuff so this compilation is out now and then I made uh, tracks with Pick and Dan together and uh, Scobar. He's a newcomer. He did a great uh, EP last year on my label, plus a remix, which uh, went quite high on B Port. Yeah, some um, stuff from Methodi Christoph, if I spell the name right.
1: <laughs> so, how are you finding the tracks? They're sending them to you?
2: Yeah, there's any. well, sometimes it happens to me uh, that I listen to a track in a club when somebody's playing it, and I'm, that happens to me now twice. Uh, for example, was Alex, Alexander Aurel, he was playing before me, and I was like, oh, what is this for tune? And he was like, oh, it's mine. I said, is it signed? He was like, no. I said, "Now it's signed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> or last time in Belgrade there was a DJ who was playing before me, and um, he was sending me stuff, and I was like, Anyway, interested how he's playing when he's playing before me, and then was listening to his tracks and I really liked his tracks. And then when I was playing with him, I was playing one of his tracks and he was almost he had tears in his eyes. He was like super touched, and I said, I really want to sign this track and send me more stuff. And so that's how it can work and then yeah if they send me demos i'll try to listen to them but i have to admit i so many demos a day it's it's really sad because i want to listen to them all but sometimes i i just can't you know it's i need to hire somebody and even with one person i would not be possible to listen to them all
1: do people send you totally random music as well like is yeah, yeah, yeah. like hip hop or something No 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 too. no no, no, oh. no it's always usually techno Yeah it's, yeah
2: but sometimes you you think like hey this style doesn't fit to my label why do you think it works but my label is quite open minded it's not only like one style it's like me I have a big variety of music but but sometimes it's like too hard or too commercial <laughs> it's like hmm okay <laughs> Thank you, but no.
1: Do you ever ask for changes in the tracks? Yeah. Like what kind of things? Like, you know, oh, I, I, f- it, it's,
2: I feel as well kind of bad when I say, hey, can you just like get rid of the snare drum roll or um, change maybe this and this? Because I know by myself as an artist, it's your style or it's it's your expression, how you feel. So... And who am I, me Monica Kruse, uh, who can say, okay, this has to be done, th- so it's better. It's just a suggestion. If he would say, us, would say, no, that's my style. I would totally say, okay, yeah, okay, uh, I agree. But I, of course, I feel a little bit bad to say, could you change? And or if somebody's sending me a remix and I ordered a remix, I said, ah, I don't really feel it. Er. <laughs> Because making music is such a very emotional thing and very um, personal thing. So I know it hurts if somebody doesn't like your music or get criticism.
1: So when did you actually start the label?
2: 16, no, 17 years ago. Oh,
1: so you used to press lots of vinyl then?
2: Yeah, I still press vinyl. Ah, yeah, I didn't yeah. realize. Uh. Yes, yeah, but it's important for me because I'm a la- vinyl lover. Yeah, I think I should never stop pressing vinyl
1: was there a period where you didn't press vinyl no, no like no. in the no, no. in the bad vinyl no. No. days no 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 wow nice because yeah, yeah. lots of people had it oh bought. i lost
2: a lot of money i was <laughs> yeah i was even like i got a letter from uh Finanzam from the yeah money lawyer uh the tax department. the yeah. tax department like uh you're losing continuously over so many years money <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like, what kind of business are you running? Yeah, yeah,
2: really. Like, uh, what kind of business? We don't see that as a business anymore. That's a hobby. (laughs) And I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) I have to do it. I have to change something now. (laughs) Yeah. Where in Berlin do you live? Uh, Next to the park. Uh So it's really nice to go out. Watching, you know, watching all these families and then the summer doing the barbecue.
1: So how long have you lived there for? Since four years. So not so long.
2: No, no, no. I I lived in this area now almost 10 years. And uh, before I lived in Moabit, 10 years. So quite a long time. Moabit's pretty cool. I've been there recently. Now, now. But back in the days, it was only cool because the the rent was really low. I mean, we had no money. (laughs) (laughs) DJ fees were down. (laughs) We had a 100, 100 square meter flat for 250 euros. Warm. Could you imagine that? <laughs> it was pretty amazing. Things have changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at this time, there was no coffee. There was no restaurant, which was good. People on the street were really... <laughs> As a girl, you did not feel comfortable yeah. going there in the night, to be honest. So, yeah. It's a
1: funny thing, though. Like, uh, with rising rents, it's like, what do you choose? Would you prefer to pay more? When the rent gets more expensive, you're paying for the convenience of having all these nice things around maybe
2: yeah definitely i mean you want to feel comfortable and uh, if you're young and you don't have so much money you don't really have a choice well if it's if you earn a little bit money and then you're like okay do i really need these new shoes or <laughs> let's spend it on a nicer you know surrounding
1: so do your neighbors know that you're a dj
2: um yeah (laughs) they after a while they recognize it because of the music (laughs) yeah but my neighbor now um he's super nice he's always texting me when i'm too loud (laughs) so you have a great understanding yeah yeah it's important you know neighbors yeah if you need help neighbors are the first one you ask when you need help and uh I always, for me, it's generally in my life. It's it's very important to have good relations around me. Yeah, it makes life easier and more peaceful.
1: Did has this always been important, or you had to something happened one day, and you realized I should have nicer people around.
2: I I think I'm, I'm a person in general that needs harmony. Uh, ne- every ne- negative thing just brings you down. With with your emotions with your creativity because you're blocked in your brain and and you keep negative aspects and problems too much space and that brings you down and so it's it's nicer to have a good surrounding and, and good relationships with um, everybody and if there's a problem try to solve it in a in a good way and not in a aggressive way because that it's not about like that you won because it's more about like, hey, how can we? You and I have a problem. How can we solve it together? That's my yeah, yeah. positive
1: action. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's so easy to dwell. It's so easy to become obsessed with negative thoughts, totally, and then sooner or later, totally. all your thinking is like,
2: yeah, and oh, then, this
1: guy's so annoying. This girl.
2: Yeah, totally. And and then my creativity creativity goes down. You know, if if I'm my brain works only about this topic, then how can I be creative? Or if I have problems, or I am, when my heart is broken, or, you know, this relationship, or when somebody in the family is sick, it's really hard to focus on creativity, yeah, for me.
1: So did you have to train yourself to be able to do this, to block out negative things?
2: Yes, yes, because um, when I'm on, on the tour, Sometimes it's very stressy, you know, you don't get so much sleep. It's not so easy to calm down. People try to talk to you, which is nice and understandable. And then you have to deliver, deliver. And there's a lot of pressure when you DJ. So it's important for me uh, to take myself a step back, like with meditation, with yoga, uh, with a nice walk outside, with nature. I need nature. That makes me happy. And of course, meeting people, have a good, deep talk. So that's why, for example, I take a time out as well every year. Uh, f- two months is good for me.
1: You're on holiday now, right? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, it's
2: not really holiday. Still working. Still, <laughs> still, still, still for working. for Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and going through my old records, for example, or... I just learned Reiki, uh, you know, I, I want to do something besides that. I, I play a lot of piano during the day, which I don't have the time normally so much. Yeah, doing all this stuff I, I don't have. When I'm touring, It's I don't have the silence or a slower mood to do it. So now I can do it. and But still like new ideas which comes in like, hey, a new logo, uh, merchandise, blah, blah, I can now focus on. And that's good. So, so I'm still when, working. <laughs> and I was in a studio. with was picking then. So that's another thing.
1: So when did you start having this, these breaks? Like when did it start to, when did you realize like, hey, I should have a two months break every year?
2: Uh, once I did a three months break. That was already like 15 years ago. And then, okay, three months, a little bit too long. 13 years, I do this Panchakarma treatment, which is an in, uh, old Indian detox treatment like you're cleaning your body your soul you clean yourself and you clean your brain you clean your body and uh, I do it uh, every year now since 13 years and it helps it makes me really alive and, and gives me the power for the whole uh, the rest of the year and actually a lot of other DJs are doing it too like Sven Fate is doing it every year I think Dubfire did it quite a few times Richie Horton my boy I met the last time. And <laughs> I even met, you know, the, all the Cosmopop guys once in uh, Sri Lanka with Magda. <laughs> it was like, I was going there on a very little house. And um, I think for, with only 10 rooms, you know, and who was sitting there? Robin from Cosmopop. And I was like, no way. <laughs> and he was yeah and you know what Magda is one village further on <laughs> with with you know Stefan and I was like okay <laughs> it's it's a little secret we all do to get more power to for all these travels and
1: so how long were you DJing full-time for before you realized this was a good thing to do
2: now I'm DJing 26, 27 years. I started 91, 26 years. Wow. Yeah. So 13 years ago, half of my DJ career. Yeah.
1: So you were living this party life for a while, just DJing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But drinking on the weekends. This, you know. Yeah. 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 DJ
2: life. Yes. Yes. But when you're young, you 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 don't you have so much more power. But after a while, if you do a lot of gigs, you feel like okay. I need to give my body something back. And you, you grow up, you know. You, you get older. You, when you're young, you don't think about hey, how much did I drink tonight? Really? Uh, <laughs> when you're getting older, you're like, hmm, maybe I should take care more about me. And uh, is there something else? And how can I balance myself? We, DJ, we speak about these things. Like, hey, what's your things? And then you see colleagues who break down, you know, who cannot play anymore, who have problems and you ask yourself okay it's it's not such an easy job uh, you should take care
1: so yeah. what are the hardest things about it the travel of course would be pretty tough
2: the travel and the jet lag and staying up all night i like traveling i love it it's not the travel itself it's just like the being on the airplane with the dry air going to countries where the time change <laughs> and then you have to play even later and uh, my body if i my buddy, hey, sleep now so you can play later. My buddy says, yeah, but it's not time to sleep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it must be so weird. Yeah, You yeah. get off the plane after some, I don't know, eight-hour plane journey or longer. Yeah. You go to a dinner and then, like, you're already in some weird, like, uh Yeah, it's a kind daze. of very,
2: very trippy. It's very trippy, yeah. Somehow, after a while, it happens to me even if, if I did not sleep for, for yeah, one day, the body changed and it's like, no, now I don't want to sleep again uh, anymore, you know, now it, pff, you cracked it <laughs> Yeah, the body says, I'm okay again you know, uh, let's go on
1: So can you be really relaxed? Like, just say you're really tired, how do you stay happy? I don't know, are you just really glad to be able to DJ soon? Yeah. Or like, what are you thinking when you're at the dinner? You you haven't slept for a day.
2: Okay, when I'm at the dinner, I'm like ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> bring me the food I need to go to sleep but when I enter the club I'm sometimes I'm really scared because I'm so tired and but then when I see the energy and the crowd and the happy faces and and I'm like hey I'm then this comes to my mind I'm so thankful to experience this that they book me here to Argentina or Australia or whatever this is so amazing and then I hear the music and this music gives me so much power and the good energy of the people. And then you you exchange the energy. Sometimes even, I mean, I thought, how can I, you know, play now these three hours, four hours? And after this, I'm like asking the promoters, hey, can I play more? Can I play longer? (laughs) It's like, wow, Um, it can turn around. And um, yeah, because I love my job. I love what I do. I love spinning the music. I'm thankful. And if it's a great night, it's hard to stop, you know. But after this, I'm like, you know, after I played the last record, I'm like, okay, uh, okay, yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think I'm tired.
1: <laughs> so when did you start looking at DJing as though it was a career? Like when did you, was there a point that you realized, hey, it's not just fun any? Well, of course, it's still fun, yeah. but that it was a career, like that it was a job like anything else
2: back in the days i started uh, in the 90s like 91 when i dj'd i was happy to get 50 german marks that was 25 euros (laughs) Uh, but i bought records for every week a week for over 200 euros so i had to work besides that to to pay my rent and to pay the records and um so it was never in my mind i can live out of it you know a dj was A music maker for the night and uh, I started to to do my own illegal parties Uh, there was not even a techno club when I started and I was even I was starting actually with funk and soul and some deep house uh, in the years but um, after a while suddenly there was the first techno club suddenly I was I had the first bookings outside of Munich I was moving when I was a child to from Berlin to Munich Yeah, and then I was like, hey, okay, I get some money more, Mm -hmm, nice. But it took me seven years to pay my first rent. And that was only the rent of a very cheap flat. (laughs) So still, it was like, I never saw it as an option for home my whole life. I thought, okay, now I'm going to do it. I was studying besides that as well. I quit my studies and I thought, okay, I'll give it a try for the next couple of years. It's fun now. And when I'm 35, I stop and get a real job.
1: (laughs) Did you know what job you wanted to do? Did you Um, think what you would do afterwards? No,
2: actually, I I was never the girl who was planning anything uh, through my whole life. You know, I never had this plan to reach. I have to do this and I have to bring out this record on this label to make me famous or work together with this guy. That was never me. I always did it. With my stomach and with my love for music and not thinking. Yeah, and then I became 35 and I was like, there was no option to stop it. I was like, hey, this is, this is me. This is what I wanted to do my whole life. I put my first money, which I got from my parents in the age of 13, into records. I did not buy any shoes or any makeup. No, straight. I went to the record store and bought my first record. <laughs> so that's my passion i spoke with my first boyfriend uh, which i had with the age of 13 and uh, he said yeah you were so always this crazy girl who was so much into music i did not really understand it but now i see what you made out of it and that's really great and yes it's my passion music is my life so there's no option to stop it.
1: Do you have many non music friends? Like yes. from outside yes, DJ yes, world? Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. Yeah. Actually most. Really?
1: Yeah. And are they from old school days from when you were younger? Or you're still meeting people now that
2: you're, still, you're meeting
1: people outside DJ life.
2: I still meet people outside DJ life. I even meet people inside DJ Life which are like maybe just coming to see this party, but actually they do something else. A driver, for example, a driver who drives me to the club or something. and Or when I go to yoga, I meet other people. Through my relatives here in Berlin, I meet other people. So, yeah, I'm open. I'm open-minded. And it's it's good to have other people because I don't want to talk only about this new track and the last party. <laughs> I want to... Share experience about things and, and different lifestyles or different opinions.
1: Once it became, becomes such a central thing in your life, yeah. you start looking for other things maybe. Because yeah. you know it's always going to be there.
2: Yes, definitely. And and I have these talks enough, you know, when you sit down with a promoter in the evening before the club, it's only this topic. So what's the, what
1: are the main like... What kind of the questions, what do you chat about at dinner? How does it work when you're a DJ? I don't think I've ever...
2: Uh, yeah, asked. I mean, mostly like who played before. Uh, oh, last week we had Ricardo Villalobos. And <laughs> uh, you know, these things, or gossip. <laughs> but some, sometimes uh, you go into a totally different direction. When I played in Stockholm, uh, we st- suddenly started to talk about diving. It always depends on the person. Sometimes it clicks and you can, you just go to different directions or even politics, you know.
1: You're pretty socially active yeah. when it comes to social issues. Yes. <laughs> I guess at the moment with the internet, it seems like that stuff is coming up again. But actually, it's been around for such a long time. Like uh, linking Techno and House here in Germany with social things. Like no historical backspin, You Yeah. Know? It just seems now like... Uh, it seems like there might be a new wave linking dance music with political issues.
2: When when we had this uh, topic about racism um, back in the, in 2000, when I started uh, Nord-Histoga Backspin, this issue was really widespread in Berlin. So it, there were all, a few groups who, you know, started an organization against racism. They stopped after half a year and I was still continuing. Some people were always like political statements like Seth or Seth Toxler, Guti. So,
1: yeah, I guess it's always been there. It, it
2: always depends on the person, I think, yeah. more. Because some people, they never post anything political.
1: Do you find that lots of DJs do think those things? They just don't post it? Yes. Like if you chat to a random DJ, there's a good chance they'll think the same way as you. But yeah, they're yeah. just not.
2: Yeah, they don't post it. They don't. They um, they want to leave it outside.
1: Why do you think it's? Why is it important to you?
2: I have a opinion. I'm a human being. I'm not a, only a music box. I think it's important to to stand up for things, you know, and uh, not only like living this hedonistic lifestyle and just like hey, it's important to think about these topics or. To make a sign, you know, like, this is not okay, or, or think about it, or get involved. I mean, it touched me as a person, and, and when I'm touched as a person from something, like, for example, this march, this women march, I I have to write it down that I'm really touched, that so many women went on the street to, to fight for the rights. But also, it's kind of sad that we still have to go on the street to demonstrate and, and to, to say, hey, these are our rights. Please respect us. And why should I not post this? I'm a woman. It affects me. It's I have this trouble all my life. And if it's something is affecting me as a human being, it affects my music. So for me, it's not a separate thing. Music is me and what is happening in the world is affecting me as well. So why should I only show one side of me? And always be the happy, happy money, yeah. World is so easy, blah blah blah. No, that's not me.
1: Do you ever get any resistance oh, or yeah, in the yeah, early yeah, days, yeah, where people yeah. are like, "Hey, you should leave the t- leave the racism out yeah, of, of course. It. This is techno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, what kind of things would people say?
2: This is post of the march, for example, that some people were writing. Yeah, why don't you n- uh, not write about the refugees in Germany and uh, the crisis and what happened in Cologne uh, with the rapists. Nah, nah, nah. This what about baptism. It's called water baptism. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or when I wrote something like hey I'm I'm really shocked about what happened in in Paris nah, nah, nah. again people yeah, why don't you write about what happened uh, well, in another country with war? You know, it's like, again, what about tism? <laughs> and especially if I write, um, I care for refugees, then, oh, yeah, I get a little shit storm. Yes. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But I, I know that. I know that. I'm, I'm aware of that. And, But it's me. And uh, why should I hide my opinion? Because of people who think different and wants just to be negative and...
1: And what about before the internet was big, when you would put on these parties? Yeah. Were people only supportive? Or were there also people questioning? Why link? Oh, I don't uh, know. Left-wing. Yeah, some,
2: some people were questioning, like, uh, yeah, you're talking about tolerance, but you're, so you should tolerate the, <laughs> the racist? <laughs> hmm. And we had even some Nazis on, on our parties on the first few parties at the Tresor. Really? Tresor in Berlin, for example. yeah, yeah, They came and they wanted to start a discussion like, oh, Holocaust never happened. But I found it good because I don't want to exclude them. It's important to talk. And back in these days with the young people, we still could talk right now. So I'm really sad what happens on Facebook. There is not a talk. It's just like, you are wrong. You are wrong. I don't accept your opinion. I don't accept your opinion. It's just like, oh, it's a it's a war. It's a war right now on Facebook. It's, uh, yeah, it's disgusting. It's really sad.
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad with the internet. Yeah. Like how everyone's just so aggressive.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sad because, you know, I always have this opinion like, okay, this is my opinion, Uh, I see the world like this, this is my reality, you have a different reality. So show me and and explain me why is your reality like this? And then I can open up and say, and I can learn, you know. With some things I change a little bit my my opinion, you know. It's about respecting and seeing the world, or trying to see the world through their eyes. But if their eyes are full of hate, well, then it doesn't work, of course.
1: How many parties did you do when you first started no historical backspin? How <sighs> regular were they?
2: Back in the, uh, this first year, I was uh, I was. We did a, a tour even through whole Germany. Seven parties, eight parties. Yeah, man, it's pretty uh, cool. Most most of them in East Germany. Not even all in clubs. Even in uh, some empty military bases. And uh, yeah.
1: So it must have been a pretty big thing for a while to go on tour. You should do it again. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah,
2: but it's so much work, you know. It's like, phew. and right now, a lot of clubs they don't want to get involved anymore in this political thing
1: because they'll also get attacked. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah,
2: they lose, they lose people, they lose uh, the crowd, customers.
1: Man, that's so yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. I you mean, know, it's the same. Situation yeah, for it's, them. A, it's
2: the same. I just saw. Uh, oliver koletsky posted something it was not really political you just like shared a link and then somebody wrote like okay you posted something political now i delete all your music and will steal the music illegal from platforms yeah i've also seen (laughs) these comments hey come on how i mean okay you become a criminal because somebody's posting a link political link is is ridiculous it's sad
1: Yeah. So if it's February now, you're on your break. Yeah. That means summer's going to be pretty busy. Yes. Right? Yeah. You're playing a lot of festivals. Yeah. Time Warp for this.
2: Yeah. I was kind of thinking, (laughs) obviously
1: you haven't always played such huge stages. One thing that's always been interesting for me is you obviously started out DJing in clubs or, or, you know, smaller parties. Mm -hmm. What do you need to do differently at a festival compared to a club?
2: Yeah. I mean... uh, When I play in a club, of course, I play longer sets. And uh, you can, what I love to play is sending the people on a trip, like mostly starting slowly or deeper and, and, you know, and then building it up, um, having some peak time tracks, going maybe down, make a break and building it up again. And when you have only like one and a half hours time, how can you really make a build up? And I have to, mostly every DJ is like trying to, play their peak time tracks so you have to follow the level of energy too you know it's it's hard to, if you wah, really make a super break yeah know? if the
1: if the person playing before you is also playing really yeah, banging loops yeah, yeah, yeah you also have to yeah if so you come off and play softer yeah, people then, will leave
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> then you like uh, get really uh yeah, yeah the crowd doesn't really like it so um i always try to check who's playing before me and what time I play, of course, because even sometimes when a DJ is playing super hard and it's in the afternoon, I don't see the point, uh, in the afternoon and outside maybe, I don't see the point why I should play like super hard techno. Sometimes I really make that break, but normally I play more powerful. and. Um...
1: When you talk about a track being powerful mm-hmm. for a festival, it's not just tempo, obviously. No. Like what are the sounds that, what makes a track suitable for a festival is it like a really loud sub bass or i don't know the kick drum is really
2: (laughs) i don't know it's just like when i hear um records i know okay this is like yeah this is a peak time track it's it's, when a break the special kind of break the bass drum is really like kicking melody is keeping in your mind or the rhythm is keep on going you know they are Tracks who are like really slow, where the rhythm is laid back, and that's different, mm. you know. But you know, other people play this as well. If it's their style, why not?
1: One question I wanted to ask is: Just say you have you have a friend that <laughs> plays in clubs once or twice a month,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and all of a sudden they have to play at Time Warp at midnight. Okay. What like advice do you give someone who knows how to DJ and beat match, who mm-hmm. knows how to like? make a set flow. yeah. But obviously it's such a different situation. Yes. So what skill do you have to have to be able to play at Time Warp that maybe, yeah, what would you tell someone?
2: Well, it still depends where you play because Time Warp, you have the super big stages, uh, the two main stages and where I played sometimes, but I played also in this little room where, for example, Laurent Garnier is playing his long as So So um, this little room is like a club.
1: Okay, so you can, you can play. play more deep there. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And when I played this main room, I was playing eleven, and for me it was eleven still uh, like a warm up thing. So still, I'm thinking about okay, people just arrive, they want to get into it. I can build it up because it party goes on until the next day. It's like hey, we have enough time to yeah. hear all the bangers. Yeah, and I, I think about not about only me as a DJ, I think about the whole concept of this night, like to introduce the people to the night and and get them into the whole party feeling and not like bam, 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 now it's, now it's peak time. It's just like, hey, okay, we come together, we share. And then later on, we can hear all this bam, bam, bam techno. So think about where you play, when you play and who's playing before you and after you. So it's still
1: kind of, it's not so different from a club because you would still no. think about those things at, yeah. A, yeah. at a normal club night.
2: Yeah. I mean, that, that's me. Some people do it different.
1: <laughs> yeah. 140 BPM. Yeah. <laughs> Bag and kick drums. Yeah. No melody.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once I heard DJ Rush playing at time, what was it? Yeah, at eight. But he was doing his DJ Rush style. <laughs> well, okay. Mm, I, I see it differently, but... For me, techno or electronic music in general was always a big variety. You know, For me, it was not only one kind of sound. You know, when, when I started playing electronic music, I started with Deep House. So I'm, I'm still like I love to play Tech House, Deep House with melody and then going harder. I have this I can choose for my favorite tracks. Some people only have one style. So they cannot really change. <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy that I, I like this and I like this. And I try to combine it. That's for me um, interesting to do it.
1: Yeah, and it's also more difficult to combine different types.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's easy
1: to just to play one yeah, style yeah, yeah, over yeah. and over.
2: But I get, I get, by myself, I get bored if I would play only one kind of style. You, you know? can play
1: the tracks in any order.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> like, yeah, there's no peak, there's no low, there's no... It's... Yeah, I need this goosebump effect. Like, oh, what's this? (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
1: Did you gradually work your way up? I don't know what the best name for these parties are, but these massive festivals. I'm talking like, you know, Time Warp, Love Parade kind of numbers. Was it a gradual ride for you to get to playing these huge events? Or did you, was was there a sudden change where you went from playing to clubs to all of a sudden, hey, Monica, we have this open air. There's 5,000 people.
2: I mean back in the days uh, in the nineties there were not so many festivals. I mean we had May Day and we had time warp and um yeah, after a while, time warp was asking me, i think nineteen ninety eight and did it big seem warp. like
1: a was that did it seem like a big step up for you so all of a sudden play time warp in terms of how big the mm. stage was and how many people were there
2: yeah that yeah for sure of the stage wise yes, yeah. Yeah, you can tell, yeah. <laughs> and do you remember,
1: like, do you remember how it went?
2: I think it was a big warp. They had a lot of tents. It was in the summer. And um, there was a sun- thunderstorm coming. So they lost a few tents and very crazy for us uh, to play there. Uh, it was great, but yeah, they, they had a lot of trouble. And, and you we were concerned about how it's going on with, with the thunderstorm. That's what I remember. And I remember because we were playing before there was a little love parade in Munich, and called Union U- Union Move, and they were inviting us, uh, Sven, Richard Bartz, DJ Hell, Tom Novi, and me. We had to play on the same day uh, in Munich for this parade. And then in the afternoon for a Time Warp, and we had we were sitting in a little private jet, and uh, the private jet was super bumpy. this there was the storm, yeah. And then <laughs> uh, suddenly Sven was asking, uh, "Does anybody believe in God?" And I was like, "Yeah, me." <laughs> and the guys were, at first they were like, "No, no, no," and then they were like, "Yeah, mm, uh, sometimes we pray, you know, when we're scared." <laughs> that was so funny, yeah so that that is what i remember that 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 was a strange day with all the storm and being scared stefan lost his tent and lost a lot of money and
1: so the tents were getting destroyed by the way Mm -hmm. and the festival went on like the music didn't stop
2: Uh, yeah yeah. i think the tents were destroyed before the festival went on it was not no danger all we were just sorry for for stefan that uh, it went so bad,
1: but he's doing okay now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. John is is it bigger than ever? Or-
2: no, it, it, it always has the same. Oh really? M- m- yeah, stage and uh, but it's it's I'm so happy. I mean, he has such a great lineup and he's supporting the underground since since the '90s and um, I have big respect for all their work and never did a sell out and what they tried and the sound they always put. More into the sound and more into decoration the lights it's like everybody every dj wants to play there and when can you say that you know and everybody is staying on and dancing and it's like a big meeting for for all of us. It's like a yeah and um having fun together, so normally on fest other festivals, people leave the colleagues leave, they don't listen to your set, they don't dance. They do, it's, yeah, but time warp is different.
1: And I guess it gives you such a nice feeling when you're playing. Yeah. If your yeah. friends are also hanging around. Yeah, super nice. Yeah. yeah. Is there yeah. any other event you've played so much?
2: Belgian Fuse in the 90s.
1: Yeah. Was so it common for someone to be a resident outside their home
2: country? No, no, no. And they stopped after a while oh, really? to do that, unfortunately. <laughs> but normally, no, it was not common. Yeah. yeah.
1: And when did you travel to the US for the first time?
2: It was in the 90s as well. I played Limelight, I remember that. And then another festival I was booked. And uh, yeah, and I played Chicago together with Luke Slater and Dieter Pierre. I was a huge fan of Dieter Pierre and I was very nervous to play with him. (laughs) How was it? Yeah, it was in a a sports hall, you know, and uh, the sound was really shitty. The people were wearing these white gloves. (laughs) And then long um sweaters with long sleeves and sabotage, you know, sabotage the old fashioned. I don't know it. Everybody was like there were not people not wearing black. Everybody was like it Was
1: this rave fashion? Yeah, like, rave
2: fashion. Totally, totally. Funny hats. Um yeah, it was fun, of course.
1: And I was wondering like when European DJs went over to the US, was their DJ style really different? Or there wasn't such a big difference in the DJ style? Oh, uh,
2: back in the days, you know, after me, after a while, I mean, I started with Deep House, and but after a while I was, was not playing smooth at all. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was getting really hard. And so, yeah, there was no difference. I mean, Luke Slater was always playing hard. and I was playing on the techno floor and DJ Pierre was on the house floor. Yeah, so they made already this difference in in floors like techno and house like like in Germany I mean and the other clubs like Ultraschall we always had a techno floor and a chill out floor or maybe a house floor back in the days we had chill out floors it was so nice yeah I don't know I don't understand it really because there is so much good music so much good ambient music and they really had great DJs uh, back in the days like Mixmaster Morris and I remember once at the Ultraschall Club in, in Munich, um, they even had a festival with only ambient music. And people came with their bongs in Munich. Can you imagine that? And and yeah, taking mushrooms and chatting and lying down and li- just listening to the music and, and cuddling and maybe have a little petting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was... People really want to experience the music. And um I miss that. I miss it a little bit that because there are so much more in electronic music besides the danceable, it's just like all these sounds, all these open minding frequencies. Yeah, they should put it back.
1: Yeah, I wonder why it went away.
2: Yeah, me too. Maybe because they they couldn't sell so much drinks then. <laughs> that's
1: exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. 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 What were the clubs in Munich? Ultra, Ultra Harry Klein is still there. Yeah. Harry Klein is shut. Yeah. yeah. No, no,
2: no, no. It's still there.
1: Is there any other club that's been there so long?
2: I mean, Ultra Schall closed uh, beginning of two thousand something. Mm. Yeah, and Ultra Schall was always, it was always different, especially the first one. They invited you know first bookings were like jeff mills and then underground resistance and people like this or early creed and then how all these people from vienna the from the cheap label patrick pulsinger um, electric indigo so it was always this more experimental music and then as the other clubs they had big big um, raves um, next to ultraschall where you could hear like Sven Fede or Karl Cox and but it was totally different sound than ultraschall that was very interesting so it was this little little weird club
1: <laughs> and would you go to both
2: yeah i was more the ultraschall girl yeah
1: so how was it in munich in the early days
2: uh it was crazy uh, yeah you wouldn't believe it but <laughs> Music back in the days, um, even before Ultraschall started the club, uh, we had a big underground scene. I was I was starting to do the first parties, deep house parties in the club. But then I was trying to get uh, to do parties outside of clubs, like in a military base or um, bunkers in empty houses on, on lakes or even in trams who was moving. That was really funny. for you. For example, in a tram, we had to put a power aggregator, you know, power machine inside because the engine of the tram did not connect with the yeah with the power you needed for turntables. And there was a DJ with turntables in the tram. We had a bar,
1: <laughs> and it would drive around.
2: And yeah, I was driving <laughs> around, and we uh, you could rent it. You know, I was I was seeing. At once with the blast music, with the Bavarian, bump, 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 bump. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, we do it with techno. <laughs> so the house Haustrum was born, and um, yeah, and we had even had a smoke machine inside.
1: So, who would drive? The normal, the, the train normal yeah, yeah, yeah. The normal <laughs> so, it's kind of like a boat party where there's some like old guy, yeah, like, what the hell are all these yeah, kids yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> totally, <laughs> just
1: trying to ignore them.
2: Yeah, and and once we were even stopped by the police because uh, they thought the tram was burning, because of the smoke machine, and we were like, no, oh, no, it's a smoke machine, <laughs> and we had to do this little, little breaks when we were driving because people had to go to the toilet, of course, and then they were dancing on the street, so no car could even move, and we had this little street party, and for maybe half an hour, <laughs> uh, but uh, and sometimes even people left their cars to dance with us. So it was like little love parade, but just like for 30 minutes. And then we were moving on with the drum and it was amazing, amazing times. And um, when I did it in, in, uh, in illegal places, actually always the police came, but at this time they did not know about techno. They did not have this, uh, yeah, negative thinking about this kind of music and, uh, they always gave me a warning <laughs> once uh, they said oh lower down the base otherwise the house will f- fall down <laughs> so yeah it was it was great great night and even people played for free like I invited Chris Liebing one day Move D wanted to come to play for me and um, yeah it was it was amazing and we only had flyers you know we had flyers and people were telling each other face to face there was no facebook there was no other social media you you could spread the, the things but at the end on my last party we had over a thousand people coming you know it was amazing yeah
1: would you get into trouble putting on these parties
2: no but as i said every time the police came and i was talking to them i had always either me or somebody else from From people who helped me, who had a birthday, so we said, "Oh, it's a birthday I've party." I've also heard
1: this. Uh, I've also heard this excuse when yeah, police come yeah. in, you turn the music down, like three hundred people, are like, "Yeah, it's a birthday." Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: And we didn't, we did not ask for an entry fee, or you know, it was like, or the beer was like two euros, and so we just said once to move, yeah, the party, and then we just build it up another place. we always had a you know a second option so if we got shut down we just move (laughs) so how long would the parties go for? oh um, until the morning until um, eight nine-ish
1: and what after hours happening also?
2: Uh, I don't know because you know I I was the one who was building up the party that means um, we have to clean the house or the place or whatever we had to bring all the beer all the uh, drinks build up some kind of a bar, build up the turntables, build up the uh, aggregator, the power thing. Generator. Generator, thank you. And um, putting some gas into the power generator. And then after the party, because it was not a house you could close or a place you could close when it was on a lake, we had to, um, I had to bring it back. So, of course, no alcohol. And at nine o'clock, hey, And you have to bring it back until 12 before it closed. We had to stop it on one time. So for me, of course, no after hour, just like getting and and getting the, the, you know, empty bottles together, cleaning up. Yeah, I was the first one there and I was the last one there. And and then I was tired.
1: (laughs) So you must have been really obsessed with putting on these parties. Yeah. So what did you like about it so much?
2: I mean, actually, I was like when I was every day when I was in, in Munich, like, going around, I was looking at spots. It was like a passion, like, oh, I can do it there. And then I was thinking, okay, if I do it at this place, how far away are the neighbors? And um, is it good reachable with uh, public transport? You know, because people did not, all the people had cars or were young or whatever. And is it dangerous to do it? You know, if some people are tripping, you don't want that to fall down somewhere. You know, so all these thoughts. And but it was so much fun it was like i was getting so excited it was like hey we create something and and we can play our music and and we come together and it's it's a new movement and it's it, we felt so free and very naive as well you know like we can do it we just like never thought about neg- any negative things just like positive things and there were no rules of how you should dressed how you behave just behave nice and and get together and from I made a lot of I met a lot of people um, on these early days and still um, like Peter Fleming was doing now um, um, Harry Klein you know we met back in these days Uh, a lot of people who were there from the beginning on in this scene they still do clubs they still are involved because it was their passion as well
1: I was reading that when you moved to Berlin, you didn't want to DJ so much.
2: True. Yeah, because uh, back in the days, it was, uh, well, I didn't want to DJ in, in Berlin that much. Because back in the days in Munich, it was like, oh, when you play in Ultraschall, then you cannot play with us. And, and there was little, so much jealousy going on, DJ-wise. Was there um, also
1: lots of money involved then?
2: No, 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 no. It was no, purely no. just jealousy. jealousy. It's not like money was Je- on no, the line. no, 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 no. Jealousy and yeah competition so i was like ah oh, berlin is my home base and i don't want to have any competition i just want to meet my dj colleagues and be more quiet and then then people were like oh why don't you play are you too arrogant yeah, you're too good to dj <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so hmm. so then i started to play trésor and and so 36, 36 which was um gay and um yeah lesbian more hangout uh, and it was Monday, not Monday, it was great, yeah.
1: And it was a big part, like, was, there with, were lots like, of people the there pre, on Mondays? It
2: was like the pre <laughs> and yeah. pre-Bergheim thing, yeah.
1: Yeah, what do you think about Berlin? It seems like maybe since Berlin has gotten so huge, mm-hmm. all the attention is on here. Yeah, And it that's seems true. like there used to be more clubs outside Berlin that were really successful. Did there used to be more? You know, oh yeah, well I mean, yeah.
2: Well, um, they, um, I think it's not because of Berlin. I think it's more the question of time. Because when when techno was coming up, it was like, yeah, it was something new, and it it was a generation who are who was techno. Now the this generation is, I mean, it's they are the children of us now. <laughs> they don't want to listen to the music the parents here i think so now they're going to edm or maybe hip-hop i don't know techno clubs died a lot of techno clubs died of because of this because they did not have any followers anymore um but not because of berlin
1: so how do you see when you look out at the crowd when you're djing are you seeing a lot of really young kids like teen, like 18 year olds yeah so you still see there's lots of interest yeah, of course. yeah. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen with House and Techno. What do you predict? Oh,
2: it, it will be ever it will always be there. Yeah.
1: That's the thing. Nothing has taken it off. It's just, it's only getting bigger, isn't it?
2: It, it? it has its waves, you know. It's Sometimes it's like going down and then EDM, for example, came up and now I hear EDM is going down and or the trans DJs suddenly play techno or, you know, it's like always like, waves of what kind of style now is, is in or hip or do people want to hear but how can a music die which was influencing so many people and is still influencing other music you know like hip-hop you find so much electronic influences in hip-hop or other or, or schlager <laughs> this german music for example or yeah electronic music was the biggest influence of the last uh, 20 years towards other music and and, and it's funny uh, if you listen to the productions now i mean you see breakbeat is coming back and some techno tracks or uh some drum and bass and and when we had this minimal we had minimal before in the 90s and then suddenly middle of the 2000 and so it's always coming back with another kind of a new twist yeah thank you the new twist yes yeah. <laughs>